It's the Dogcast, episode number 246. Dogs roll the Commodores 43 to zip. Dog fans, it's the Dogcast 246. Dogs win big over the Vanderbilt Commodores 43 to 0. Old dog, it was a fantastic day of college football. I couldn't have, if I were scripting out the day, really, I probably couldn't have picked, I, I couldn't have changed anything to make it any better. Man, I, I tell you, it was, and I mean, and everything seems to be coming right again. In college football, we pitch a shutout for the first time in I don't know how long. A team, the Bulldogs beat the Gators. The chicken curse is well entrenched. It has not gone away. And those sweater vest wearing, slow moving, arrogant <laughs> SOBs up in Ohio State got their ass handed to them from a team that's from a state that's famous for cheese. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Could it get any better than that? And I noticed we didn't have a whole lot of calls, and conspicuously absent was your asshole friend <laughs> from Ohio yeah. that wanted to call down. And so I think what you need to do in the show notes is post a link to his email because I know we've got a ton of listeners that would love to commiserate with him on the loss. You know, I could. I don't, believe it or not, we don't have his email, <laughs> but I do have his phone number. You know, I mean, I if but I, I, I don't have I don't, that, that. That might be a little too rough. Yeah, that's a little harsh. Hey, how about Florida? Three losses in a row, man. I mean, is Urban Meyer going to make it to the end of the season? I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just I'd asking. I'd fire his ass right now. I mean, I think my – let me ask you this. If if Cam Newton wanted to come back to the University of Florida, how many laptops do you think that would be worth for uh, good friend Urban? How many how many <laughs> laptops would Urban turn loose of to get Cam Newton back on campus? I think Cam Newton I could have – I guarantee you quite a few. He, he could have every computer on campus right now. Uh, yeah, there's, there's uh, no doubt about it. And you know, not only did the Gamecocks lose, and the old ball sack just absolutely laid a freaking egg when it really, when we, when you really needed some coaching, he throws the ball to some guy named Scruggs. I mean, th- there was so much wrong oh, with, what? with the old ball sack's uh, last minute of the game in the Kentucky, and and we needed, I wanted Kentucky to win because now they've got that. Signature victory, old dog, and they've got that little monkey there off their go. back. Hell, that's a that's a net positive for the Bulldogs. You know, and the thing is, though, and their coach has a name like some guy that ought to be running a fireworks stand here in South Carolina. 
Joker Phillips. Or maybe he's like a bad guy. I th- he always reminds me of like a bad guy from Batman or something. You know, he seems, he should be a super villain. <laughs> oh my God, it's Joker Phillips. Um, I kind of like to think of it, you know, as, as, you know, Joker Joes or retarded Ronnies or, yeah. you know, Larry the Lunatic, Joker you know, Joe's selling fireworks. explosives. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we had the, bit- and I mean, and, and in the law, just real quick too, without a doubt, and I know he's not going to take the blame for it at all, but total clock mismanagement by the, by the OBC. Probably that kid Garcia was so scared to death, threw into double coverage, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And, you know, and with you, you've got he's got Alshon Jeffrey and Tory Gurley and A. Sanders. These guys who are, you know, Alshon Jeffrey is is a, a, a really a baller. I mean, he that kid's a player, and he throws it to a guy. I don't, oh, even, he, I don't, yes. I don't even know the guy's first name. I just know his name is Scruggs. He throws it to. I mean, Scruggs, yeah. Anyway, we're we're. It was just a great day for college football. It, it, it just well, and, and like I say, everything is back as it should. The chicken curse is there. Bulldogs are beating Gators. Ohio State's losing. Terrell Pryor is not the second coming of whatever. So finally, maybe now the media can just shut the hell up about Ohio State and how great they are. Sure. So let's bring it around and start talking about our big victory. All right. You know, Big Bad Bruce debuted Beautiful dog, awesome dog. Everybody's in love with Big Bad Bruce. He got his Big Bad beat down. He's one and zero. He's unscored upon. You know, the only question I have is, is why the hell has was hasn't he been on the sidelines for two or three weeks ago? You know, I mean, what are we saving him for? What are we saving him for? Was he significantly different? Uh, two or three weeks ago than Apparently he was yesterday. Apparently for the Commodores. Yeah, I, I was saving him for the Commodores. I don't know because it didn't look like he, it didn't look like he came out of his house a whole lot. No, he uh, he slept a lot, I mean, which a lot of fans in the stadiums were were sleeping a lot after about the second or third play of the second half. So, um, Exa- yeah, it was a. I'll tell you this. Uh, for those of you that weren't here yesterday, weren't, weren't in Athens yesterday, weren't at the stadium, yesterday felt like, it felt like, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the season or anything, I'm just saying yesterday really felt like old Georgia football. I mean, we just beat Vanderbilt down in every way. You know, they had 140 yards total offense, old dog. One of 11 on third down. One. Yeah. And that was the I first mean, one. They they convert they converted the first third down and then no more. Yeah, I mean the defense did great. The only criticism I have at all is again they bet on the wheel route. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you know. But well, go ahead and tell me. I know. But you, other I know than you got, that, I know you got some stuff on your mind, man. So so so. Let, oh no no, but I was going to say other than that, just just fantastic play. And I mean, and you know, just so many things went right. Bobo apparently his you know he's the greatest offensive coordinator there is good game plan put in I think what happened is the actual offensive game plan ferry came to his house and laid a game plan underneath his pillow well in fairness I think having an offensive line that's I think the offensive line's been feeling a lot better the last couple of weeks and I don't know what the dynamic is going on there but I'm telling you a little bit better blocking gives you a little bit better play calling. I, I mean, I, I just think that I think that has a lot to do with it. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I have to agree there. I think we still got a long way to go on the O line, though. Sure. Because a lot of those runs that we had were not, we're still not dominating the line of scrimmage. No doubt. And a lot of those runs, especially that Ely had that one, what seventy-two yarder he broke off. If one guy doesn't miss a tackle, should have been a two-yard loss. Well, I mean, he made, he created that himself. And how about my boy Aaron Murray downfield blocking? Oh. Not only is he running, probably our second best runner, but he's down there throwing blocks too. I mean, that kid's got a lot of upside to him. 25 yards downfield on a busted play, Aaron Murray is laying it out for the knees of safeties. I'm telling yeah. you what, man. The kid, I'm, listen, on Aaron Murray, I'm telling you, he is at the intersection of heart and desire and talent. And I'm telling you, this kid is going to be lethal because he studies, he works hard, and he gets after it, man. And oh, he does. And he thinks he can get it done. I mean, he has total confidence in himself, you know. As long as he doesn't get hurt, this kid is he, he is destined to be a badass gunslinger in the SEC. He is on track, I think, to be the best quarterback in the SEC as soon as Cam Newton's gone. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, I mean, you know, hats off to him. Uh, Ely, Carlson Thomas, both showing up big. It was good to see us able, which opened up a lot of other things for us, too. I was also really excited about, yeah, Ely was running hard. You were right. As I mentioned to your daughter yesterday on the, on Ely's big run, the 53-yard scamper, you know, I was happy about the run, but it, you can't deny the fact there's a busted play. I mean, he, he, you know, he's, oh, it was. he's making lemonade, I, lemonade out of lemons, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it should have been a two-yard loss. Mm-hmm. And I was also, but, I was happy, you know, go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say that that's the kind of thing, you know, that good running backs do. As you said, lemonade, you know, lemons into lemonade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes we make something into chicken salad. That's right. That's right. And I was also happy to see, I mean, Carlton Thomas, clearly the hamstring wasn't bothering him yesterday. He got his first two touchdowns of his career. And all that came on the sweeps and stuff around the side on the edge. I think that's where Carlton Thomas needs to be living. I don't think he needs to live in between the tackles. I was glad to see... Bobo putting him out in space out on the edge, you know, stringing it out and letting his tiny, tiny little body try to find a hole out there. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, a couple other things, too. On uh, one of Carlton Thomas's, Ben Jones down there doing his best impression of King Kong, beating his chest. It was good see them excited ben jones you know man. about that i mean <laughs> he went total hulk man i mean this guy's down there doing his best oh, he did. incredible hulk imitation uh he's just bad he's, just, he's clubbing people to the ground I, I, ben jones the human meat shield yeah i mean it was it was good to see and i'll tell you something else is as much as we like to talk and rave about orson charles aaron white is had a great yesterday. No doubt, no doubt. He had a great game. That, that kid's money. 
I mean, you know, he's I mean, oh, he is. Orson Charles is a great athlete, makes great catches, makes good plays and runs in space and stuff. But I'm telling you, Aaron White, you throw it to Aaron White, he's gonna. Free, he, I mean, the kid catches it. I, I like it. You know, I mean, I, I like what Aaron White does with the ball, and I like having both of those guys on our team. I mean, really. I, I can't think of a team that has two better. There's not a team in the country that has two tight ends better than our t- top two guys. Oh, no, I, I have to agree with you. And something else, and these are words that I thought I might ever, ever say, but I was looking through some stats, and who do you think leads the SEC in kickoff coverage? Wow. I actually happen yes. to know that stat because the I got Georgia Bulldogs. Number one in kick coverage. Number one in kick coverage. Take that, John Fabris. I mean, really. Is Unbelievable. It, is anybody missing John Fabris? John Fabris in the house. Uh, John, you want to call into the show? Is anybody missing John Fabris? Yes, our opponent. <laughs> How about, and I'll tell you something else too. How about the upgrade Warren Beelan over Jansek, John Jansek, the other John of the defense. Look at the way our, look at the way Akeem Dent and Christian Robinson and Marcus Doughton are playing right now. I mean, look at the oh, production it, 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 we're getting it, out of our linebackers. Too. I mean, no, no doubt about it. I mean, just, but I tell you what, it was, it was just great to see yesterday on kickoff coverages and Lord knows poor Blair Walsh was wearing out his leg. <laughs> the just the way we the way we covered kickoffs was like old school and I was I was thrilled to see it. I mean I think we've definitely turned a corner there. Well, clearly the philosophy on getting the ball deep is important. I mean, Blair Walsh is at least getting it to the five almost every single time now. And most of his balls are going right to the goal line. He's putting a couple three, four yards deep, but he's right there at the goal line, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, all phases of the game were going good, except Walsh missed a field goal. Yeah, he did miss a field goal. And, you know, who would have thunk that? I know, especially from the distance he missed at. But he did also break the record, break the school, all-time school record for PATs at 115 points after. He has never missed an extra point ever since he's been at the University of Georgia. And whose record did he eclipse? Was that Billy Bennett? Billy Bennett. Billy Bennett standing on 114. Blair Walsh at now at 115. Thanks to some great work. And more to come. Also, yeah, but I'm telling you, really, you got that. That is a record that's shared by at least three guys too. And Blair Walsh said this yesterday. You've got the fan, the 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 fantastically talented long snapper Ty Fricks. Okay, he puts the ball back there. Drew Butler catches it, puts it on the ground, laces out. Blair Walsh, money. I don't even look at extra points anymore. Those three guys have got the extra point down pat. Is that when you turn around in your seat and tell the guy four rows up to shut the hell up? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, let's. Uh, good, funny thing you should mention that yesterday because um, I do, and I, I said something about this. I know this is just my personal jihad, okay? I'm on jihad about this. You're on a jihad about the running game and lots of other things. Look, 
I wish we had more timeouts. I know calling two timeouts in the first five minutes is not great, okay? I know that... All three, actually. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we had two in the first five minutes, all three in the first quarter, okay? I get all of that. But, look, it, they're not out there... Look, when Aaron Murray looks down at his wristband and sees that he doesn't have the right personnel mix, right personnel set, he's not calling timeouts just because he wants to, just because he thinks it'd be funny or it'd be cool. But you know what? When he calls a timeout... And then on the next play, we get a first down, and we go on in there for a touchdown. You know, nobody's booing that. And I don't hear any damn booing after we get the first down. It's like, oh, hell, I would have run the right personnel in there. Oh, my gosh, our clock manages. Boo, boo. And then, you know, we're on third and one, and it's fourth and one. Everybody's booing, booing the decision. Boo, I want to go for it, you know. Well, look, I want to go for it, too. But... I'm telling you, and it's just not a, it's just not appropriate to boo your own freaking team. You just don't boo your team. I don't understand how this became cool or acceptable to boo your own damn team when you're like unhappy. Oh my gosh, I wish we had some more timeouts. Oh my gosh, we're wasting timeouts. Oh hell, oh yeah, it's 17 to nothing in the first uh, 15 minutes. And yeah, it was the longest first quarter of all time. But come, what is with this booing? Like instantly, we're five minutes into the game and we're booing our own team, our own coaching staff. When, when did that become cool, old dog? When did that become acceptable? Well, you, you I, know it's not, and you know my feeling on that, and I laid it out last week. If your intention walking into that stadium is to come in and boo our players or boo your team, then your ass doesn't need to be in the stadium. Sure. And it, I mean, there's you and I are, are dead set on that, and there's no reason. I mean, it, you're a Georgia fan, and, yeah, we can bitch and moan all we want to about losses and this and that, but I'm telling you, when you're there, you support your team, and as frustrating as they make me sometimes, I've, I've loved them for years, and I'll love them until the day I die. I know. I'm just telling you. I, look, I went, I just don't understand that. That re, It just really bothers me. It really bugs me. You know, I wanted them to go for it yesterday, too. When I saw they were sending in the special teams unit, and they weren't going for it, and then they called the timeout, and then they decided to go for it and got it. You know, I was happy, but and I was disappointed they weren't going for it. But I'm not gonna boo that. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't even understand. I, I'm telling you, I just don't get that. But anyway, all right, I'm off my soapbox there for a second. Five hundred, all right, five hundred and forty-seven yards of offense, old dog, versus one forty for Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, you know, the defense looks like it's coming around. Uh, offense, probably their best game that they've had. Uh, granted, the last two weeks have not been against real stellar teams. Hopefully, these have been good confidence builders for us because we've got a couple real tough games coming up. Oh, we've got uh, we got a lot Kentucky, of real tough games. Kentucky's no slouch. Yeah, I mean Kentucky's no slouch at all, and we always have a tough time playing Kentucky in Lexington at night, and that's exactly what we're where we are. This time, I remember Rex Robinson had to kick a, a late second field goal after Larry had run into his, pa- his parents in the hotel lobby earlier that day 
but he made it through. But it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a close game. Yeah. Uh, you know, just ask South Carolina, ask Auburn how tough Kentucky is. No kidding. I was about to say, uh, Kentucky played Auburn a lot daggum tougher than Arkansas did. And Kentucky played South Carolina a whole lot tougher than we did. But I am, I'm happy to see that, uh, Joker got his, uh, first win because I think, you know, I didn't want them playing us being even more hungry with another week of heartbreak. You know, I mean, I, I'm glad they got the win, all, all, got that monkey off their back, you know. But we'll talk about that in the pregame show for Kentucky. Let's talk a little bit about the defense yesterday because we did pitch a shutout, old dog, like you said. It was our first shutout since we shut out the old ball sack in Columbia in uh, 2006, 18 to zip, I think it was. And it was our first shutout in Athens yep. since like 1997 or something. That's a big deal. A shutout in the SEC is a pretty big oh, deal. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it is. And, and no matter who you're playing, uh, you know, because an in, in SEC team, uh, you know, even, even the cellar dwellers in the SEC would be, the middle of the road, if not better than any other conference around. No doubt. Uh, and so, you know, the fact that we pitch, it just, it does, the, the, the defense seems to be gelling, seems to be coming in. Uh, it's obviously still a work in progress, but we do seem to be getting better every week. Uh, I think our linebacking play has probably led in what I've seen, the defensive line seems to be coming around, and I would say we've still got some work to do back there in the defensive backfield. But we do seem to be getting better. Hey, we're ranked third in the SEC right now in total defense. Third, old dog. That's huge, man. I mean, I know we got a lot of football left to go, but a team that's got four losses, you know, and three losses in the SEC that still has a defense ranked third in the conference – Hell, that's, that's pretty dang strong, man. How about, how about Kwame Gathers yesterday, man? Gathers <clears throat> getting double teamed yesterday. You think Dent and Robinson don't like to see Gathers getting double teamed, dude? That totally, uh, that totally frees them up. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and he's probably a lot more the prototypical nose guard kind of guy that we need. You know, cause that, that guy in that 3-4, he, the, the nose guard's got to be huge. Yeah. You know, he's got to take up space and he's got to eat up people to free those linebackers up to do what they need to do. Right. Right. And I'll tell you, I mean, you know, you mentioned, uh, Christian's, uh, the, the, the return for the touchdown yesterday. You know, I mean, I gotta be honest with you. And I never did think, I, I mean, it was a great play by Christian, no doubt, but I never did think that guy, cause it was on my side of the field. You know, I was looking at, I knew the guy didn't have possession. That's why I wanted to kick that damn extra point so fast. Cause I was like, get that extra point going, baby. Yeah. Cause I did not want him to review it. Cause he never made, even though he moved the ball upfield, he never had control of the ball, you know, and the same thing, Dent safety. That was, man, that was such a freaking hustle play by Akeem Dent, but he just ran out of field. You know, by the time, oh, yeah. by the time he controlled the ball, he just ran out of field. Exactly, but it all worked out fine. We got two points and they had to kick from the 20 anyway. So. Exactly. Um, another guy I want to point out too, uh, another guy, this is my surprising performer of the day on defense yesterday. And I mean, it's not because of the plays, so much of the plays he made yesterday, but just because I'm excited for what this kid could do for us in the future. And that's, Alec Ogletree. Man, I just want to say that kid, that kid ain't skipping no days in the weight room. I can tell you right now, that kid fills out his uniform 
man, that guy is a beast, man. Alec Ogletree yep. is a beast. He throws people around out there like damn stick figures, man. Like they're scarecrows made out of straw. That kid, if he can get his coverages down and and understand his job as a pass coverage type guy, man, he's going to be he's going to be a beast in the defensive backfield. Because I'm telling you, when it comes to tackling and run stopping and run support and stuff like that, Alec Ogletree can get the job done. He's got that down pat, no doubt about it. He's a man among boys out there, and I'm really excited for what this kid could do maybe by the end of the season. I think he could be a full-time starter. I think he might even be a full-time starter by the end of the season if he keeps progressing on his coverages. I was also glad to see the way the defense played the defense played against the option and stuff too. Yeah, because you know it's a we had a it's tough to gear yourself up to play an option team when you only have a week to prepare for them. And, uh, you know, we're going to see a lot more quarterback running, uh, you know, out of Auburn and, of course, you know, against the Texters too. And you're right. And, uh, and you know, Vanderbilt runs a weird kind of offense. They they run that option, but they don't run it all the time. Some of the time they're in like a spread no. look, you know what I mean? So uh, they're, they're pretty crazy. And um, – I just want to share a joke with everybody that I shared with everybody in my section yesterday too. You know, we we got we got some bad calls yesterday out of some out of some of the refs out there. And Matter of fact, I was going to say that crew may replace Penn Wages crew as being the worst in the SEC. Well, yeah, but there's an important difference though. Penn Wages crew is willfully malicious. I mean, they they come into the game with a predetermined bias against Georgia. They and the guys yesterday, I think, were just incompetent. But did you know you you saw the guy, the umpire, who got rolled up? I don't know what happened, but he had to leave the game. You know, and basically couldn't put any weight on his foot. You know, he got knocked. He got knocked out. He got turned out. And. Uh, I just felt pretty good. I was feeling pretty good that by that time we had the game in hand. And uh, I hollered out to him because he was, again, on my side of the field. I hollered out to him. I said, hey, buddy, I bet you'll throw that damn interference flag next time, won't you, champ? And then I said, next time it'll be a horse head, my friend. And uh, he didn't like that. He didn't like that. But he didn't return to the game either, you know. So I mean, I think I put there you I, go. I think I put a little fear into him. So maybe he'll get his hat on straight for the next game, you know. If not, I'm going to turn somebody else loose on him. Next time he's going home in a cast. I hear you. Um, what else you want to talk about, man? Before I wrap this thing up, I got We got to do the pool winners. I got. I got to find my well. Pool. A couple quick little things here. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're coming into a big game. Uh, the two teams that we have beat, like a redheaded stepchild, have not been that good. But we do seem to be showing some progress. Let's hope we can continue to play like we are with the same intensity against a good team also. And I think our Kentucky is going to be a real good Past. You know, are we going to see the team that just dismantled Tennessee and Vanderbilt, or are we going to see the team that lost to Colorado? Hopefully, it's going to be the former, not the latter. And one thing I saw, because I, I recorded the the game to, you know, watch it a little bit more, and one thing that we have been sorely lacking on, and I think we need to start doing this, is Regents Bank gives out the scholar-athlete. Oh, and, yeah? you know, it's it's one nice thing to have that high 
GPA and all that, but just having a high GPA doesn't really say how intelligent you are. So I think what we need to start doing on a weekly basis is we're going to have the dog cast intelligent, most intelligent player okay. of the game. All right. And, and I was going to, I was going to have actually a, a dual winners for the first time out. Christian Robinson and your boy Ty Fix because obviously they're the two most intelligent guys on the team because they listen to the dog cast. Sure, sure. I mean, obviously, they're friends of the show. They listen to but, the show. But watching the game, I'm going to have to give it to Christian over Ty, and here's the reason why. When given the opportunity, even though it got called back, Robinson picks up what he thought was a fumble runs it in to the end zone for what should have been a touchdown. Our boy Fix, as good a long snapper as he is, decided on a kickoff it was real good just to plow some guy in the back when the ball was dead. You act like that's, so, a, you act like that's a bad thing. It is when you get caught, and I think he would tell you that too, because apparently before the ref caught it, Coach Rick caught it and was already chewing his ass before the yardage was even marked off against it. So Christian Robinson is the is the first recipient of the Dogcast Most Intelligent Player of the Game Award. Now, a lot of times with this, it's you know a donation to a scholarship or to your charity. What we do is we donate five dollars to my candle lighting. Because I think that is what has turned this team around. So, Christian, we've got a candle lit in your name for the game against Kentucky. We are undefeated since you went to the $5 candle. I, I'm the just, big I, candle. The $5 candle really has made a difference. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I think that's a good idea. So, I mean, I know Christian's excited about having a candle. You know, I mean, I, you know, you know, some guys can win $1,000 or maybe they win a trip to somewhere. The dog has, we give away candles. You know, so I mean, I'm sure that he's... No, we don't even give it away. We just tell you there's one lit somewhere <laughs> yeah. in your honor. You're never going to see the candle and you have nothing to do with the candle but trust me there is a candle uh, exactly and it did cost five bucks to fire that baby up <laughs> now get your ass back to practice uh, <laughs> exactly. okay now uh, one I, other quick thing for you wrap that up sure uh, you know and we're we're you and i are from different generations of dogs and and back when i was at at UBA, the the theme the music theme it is much you know we had REM and everything else but the big partying that went on was to beach music and I just and for those and and I'm a huge beach music fan hopefully a lot of our listeners are too and I just wanted to say this week we lost one of the pioneers and one of the greats General Norman Johnson passed away of the of the showman and chairman of the board wrote some great hits like 39, 21, 40 shape dangling on a string at the beach. I mean, just a tremendous talent and, uh, he's going to be missed. And I know there are probably tons of folks listening to this that remember seeing, seeing the, uh, the chairman of the board playing in, in numerous bars in Athens. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Is, did he play, does he play lead guitar for Lincoln Park? Or, I mean, because I, I don't know who you're talking about. But anyway, you're right. We're from two different generations, man. I'm a Kings of Leon. Okay. I'm a Kings of Leon guy. You're a General Norman King guy. 
Um, so you know, I'm cool with that. Uh, I okay, gotcha. I got. <laughs> hey, um, I do have. I have. I need to go over the pool winners. Big big news out of the pool. I didn't announce the pool winner last week, and so, you must be in the top ten then. Well, last week the pool winner is a guy named uh, Jobs J O B S J O X Jobs Jocks. Eight and O last week. Nobody even close. The guy won it outright. So Jobs Jocks eight and O. That was a great week. Send me your email. I'll get you out some swag. The winner for this week, none other than me. Me. Wow. Dogcast number one, one on the tiebreaker, baby. So uh, I, you know, there were three guys tied for the lead. You know, we've had some complaints about the tiebreak this week. I'm a big fan of the tiebreak because uh, <laughs> I like the way the tiebreak worked this week because it put me in number one. So I'm up there now, back uh, back where I'm supposed to be. I think my overall ranking is still <laughs> this week. I'm ranked number one, and that moved my average to 110. So I'm, wow. I'm still ranked 110 overall, but this week I'm number one in your heart, baby. Number one. And at least you're moving, and you're moving in the right direction. Exactly, much like our defense and our offensive line, I'm moving in the right direction. Uh, put it. I've got a new little feature on the website this week too, old dog. We've got now we have live updated all the time the uh, headlines about Georgia Bulldog football update all the time, day and night. So whenever you log in on the left side there, the column, top five Bulldog headlines all the time. Wow. That's a pretty cool little widget. I like that, you know. This show is by fans, for fans, one million watts worldwide, dog fans, bringing this news to you, whether you're on a ferry in Sydney Harbor or you're somewhere in, dang, Antarctica. We got guys in Antarctica. We got guys behind the Great Wall of China. Happened to to sneak it in out of Taiwan. Because we're still banned in China. Yeah, I know. So whether you're in communist China or communist Vermont, we're your source for dog fan talk on the web. So thanks for listening. Give us a call at 706-363-0210 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. And uh, we really appreciate your... Really appreciate the feedback, and we really appreciate you guys listening. Old Dog got a big game next week. We'll have a pregame show Wednesday night. You take us out of here with, uh, I don't know, give us a spell Georgia cheer or something. Well, no, just going to say, uh, you know, two two great wins under our belt. Hopefully our confidence is built up, and we are going into what is historically one of our tougher games, an evening game in Lexington, Kentucky. Let's just hope we're up to the task. I think we will be, and we'll fill you in on everything you need to know on Wednesday. Go dogs. Hey guys, it's John from Powder Springs, and I was calling because of a weird scenario that um, I just noticed. Now, it's dependent on dogs winning out, of course. Um, we've got two big tests in front of us, Florida and Auburn, but uh, it's dependent on Georgia winning out. Uh, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, South Carolina has four more SEC games to play three of which are Tennessee, Arkansas, and Florida. They lose two of those games. And Georgia wins out. We're playing in the SEC championship. Is that even fathomable? That is amazing. Now, the other 
SEC team. South Carolina has to play as Vandy, but we kind of see what they're all about. Uh, anyway, that was a fantastic game yesterday. I enjoyed listening to the dog cast. Keep it up, guys. This is John from Powder Springs. Go dogs. Thank you.